Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 17 under the champ, 101.3 FM. Red Ridge and Dave Graham Jr. with you here as we are each week at G Mix from 6 to 7 o'clock on Tuesday night, usually steak night. It is steak night. I believe it's steak it's still night. still steak night, right? I believe it's steak night. That sounds uh, good. As we head into 2023 in the middle of our 19th season of doing this show, uh, we're getting ready for a bowl game, another Iowa bowl game. So let's let's consider. Before you say <laughs> something, I just want to make sure that by the time we get to our 30th year of <laughs> yeah. being on, on the air, that Andrew Ridge will have a job <laughs> he and will. have graduated from college. He'll, yes. Well, His internship here will should, not last that long. Should happen by the end of this year, right? That's, <laughs> the, that's the plan, right? He and Matthew. And the enrollment is, is taking place. It should happen by the end of the year. All right. Uh, now, that having been said, anybody wants to gainfully employ said, said sons in, uh, in their chosen field, well, we're open son, for help. My right? son is completely employed. That's right. He's already, he's already in pretty good shape with that. Andrew's working on the sports management thing. Right. So Local teams, uh, you, you know, you want to you have a little connection to the huddle. Andrew's been working with this for a while now, so very good. He can set up radio equipment. Well, that he can do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, we did so many events when I was doing nonprofit. He's been around right. game days and events That's fine. his whole life. Your, anyway. Your son's resume is I, not required. I, no, you brought it up. All right, Music City Bowl coming up this weekend. Uh, the Hawks are two-point favorites over Kentucky. We're going to get Tom Cakert on early here in just a couple of minutes, or is he, he might be on right he's now. On. So let me just throw it right that way because he, here. he's got a tight schedule down uh, in Nashville. Well, thanks for John, uh, joining us, uh, Tom. Uh, I know that uh, you're trying to make your way through uh, dinner plans and uh, events and uh, player uh, player stuff today. So I appreciate you hopping on. I know this is the best time for you. Let's go right to it. Um, you had the chance to talk to some of the players today. and a little interesting news out of a number of them. A couple of thoughts, things you heard today that uh, were kind of new. Well, I think the biggest thing was to kind of get some confirmation from Nico Ragaini there, or Ragaini, I guess is how we're supposed to say it now. That, Ragaini. Uh, that he is coming back for a sixth year, so that's going to help that wide receiver room that, uh, you know, saw Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson leave. I um, thought it was interesting talking to Caleb Johnson um, uh, about how his excitement for this bowl game, and it, it's because he's a huge Derrick Henry fan, and he's, like, just totally pumped to be playing in the same stadium that Derrick Henry calls home. So I um, thought that was interesting. Um Sam Laporta is the emergency quarterback, uh, which means if if uh, if Labus and and Carson may go down, we're going to have a tight end as the as the quarterback. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that was those are kind of the top line things I think right right off the top of my head that uh, that we learned today. Um, did not talk to Kirk, so not uh, any news on on that front. Um, and by the way, Cooper Jean not uh, taking any quarterback reps and uh, Noah Shannon's thinking about coming back for a sixth year. So I think that's about it. That was, that was my next question. I thought there was another senior that you were alluding to earlier today who was considering coming back and it's Noah Shannon, which would be outstanding for the defensive line. Yeah, Noah, it, Seth Benson was also talking, or at least they're trying to maybe talk Seth Benson into it, but I don't know if that's going to hold or not, but I, I know they're at least discussing it with him. I tell you what, I, certainly 
you improve your lie quite a bit. I mean, they, they actually, you got to realize that uh, as much as it feels bad to lose Noah Shannon, there are guys there ready to step up. The Graves kid is ready to play, right? right. And he's going to get better. Uh, they're bringing in the junior college kid from Iowa Wesleyan who um, – Western. Uh, Western, Iowa Western, sorry, who uh, via – or Dubuque via Iowa Western, who looks like he's ready to step in and play some reps. But, boy, getting Noah Shannon back along the line – and, and certainly Benson would be a, a big a big uh, recruiting coup for Iowa. Seth Benson uh, again, would be something. That'd, that'd be nice. Um, so, Tom, I, I, we're going to kind of jump, and then we'll jump back to football here. Basketball real quick. Um, we got uh, Nebraska. By the way, I'm going to the Nebraska game. This, nice. This week on my way over to Grand Island. Uh, it might be. I hope so. Um, You'll be there. What's wrong with Connor McCaffrey? Is he okay? Got a – uh, wrist issue on his shooting hand, um, and Fran. We'll talk to Fran tomorrow, so we'll get maybe a better update on Fran uh, from Fran on on Connor and on uh, Chris Murray and their availability. But I think they're they were at least. You know, I, I don't want to raise anybody's hopes, but at least they were. It was kind of on the radar that maybe both guys could be back for for the game on. Uh, a game against Nebraska. We'll see if that happens. I, I, I'm not promising that, but I'm just saying, hey, it's a possibility. Well, not to sound like Captain Obvious, but it's evident that, <laughs> that you need them. <laughs> Iowa would benefit from having Chris Murray and Connor McCaffrey or one of them on the court to provide some leadership some toughness, uh, things of that nature, because clearly against Eastern Illinois, uh, the Swiss cheese defense was uh, full of holes, and uh, the dunk line looked like a Globetrotters event. Yeah, 11 dunks in that game, guys. That, that's 11. crazy. Yeah. That, that's, it, uh, that's like you, you didn't even see that in a bad AAU game. No, no, no. It, that's what it looked like. Actually, it, it reminded me of a of an of one of our youth games where when or, the other team just kept stealing the ball. What was Randy Larson's league in uh, the prime time? Prime, that's prime what time it was a prime league. time yeah, game. It wasn't. It wasn't that good. It wasn't even that good. <laughs> um, well, it'll be interesting to see it. Be, I was hoping you had talked to somebody. We'll find out maybe a little bit more tomorrow. Then on that, um, obviously, uh, big as you get back into the Big Ten season for for that group right there. Um, this stuff on we're running well, around. Well, you, you got Nebraska and Penn State this week. You don't want to start the season zero and three, right? And certainly not against teams that are beatable, right? But they're both on the road. Well, they're both both on the road. Um, your thoughts on the uh, when we gosh, we haven't even gone into this. So the collective, the swarm collective issue that's going on around now, uh, where it sounds like the Iowa Athletic Department not being real uh, cooperative in terms of trying to help. Uh, market and support the Swarm Collective, which is needed uh, to help Iowa uh, pay, for lack of a better term, their players to play football and basketball for them. And that's ostensibly what it's been created for because that's where the majority of college sports right now are on those two sports. Um, and it sounds like uh, there's a Title IX issue and there's something Gary, Gary Bard is going with the idea that, that they need to either raise money for all the sports or not just a couple what are your thoughts on this time? We're going to get a little deeper into, into ours on this, but what are your thoughts before we, uh, we know we we're short on time with you? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I, I think, um, you know, I think Iowa has just kind of tried to be arm's length with the swarm collective where there are other places like 
you've seen recently with Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan. Um, North Carolina, uh, where where they are, it's a full embrace. It's not arm's length. It's a full embrace. It's the athletic director getting behind it and saying, hey, in order for us to survive and be successful, we need fans to donate to this and support it as much as they can. And um, Iowa has been sort of like, hey, yeah, you know, you got to have this NIL thing and good for you guys is kind of how it (laughs) felt to me. And I thought that letter felt that way today too. And, um, and I'm not sure everything in there was, um, I don't want to use accurate, but just kind of half of what really happened um, or what's really happened um, or cl- kind of claiming success with some things that maybe um, they weren't all that involved with. Um, right. I, I think might be the right terminology for it. But anyway, it, I just, to me, and I've talked to Brad Heinrich extensively, and you know, I, and and full disclosure, I've, I'm doing interviews for the Swarm Collective with Iowa athletes on a regular basis. I'm not compensated for those interviews. I just do them um, uh, because I enjoy it, and um, you know, just 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 enjoy those things. But um, the one thing that that um, I, you know, I think the frustration is they don't want, you know, would it be great to have the list of names, uh, with donors, season ticket holders, whatever? Absolutely. But that's not a deal breaker here. If, if Iowa just sent out a letter with Gary's name on it or the athletic department support behind it, it doesn't even have to have Gary's name on it. Just saying, hey, um, you know, NIL's changing the game, uh, support the Iowa Swarm Collective, here's how you get more information and can sign up and, and uh, you can make a difference uh, in our recruiting and in, um, you know, student-athletes' lives. And it's as simple as that. And that would, that would check the box. Right. It's, I don't think it's a huge ask. And, and Kirk Ferentz and Fran McCaffrey and Lisa Bluter are behind it. So, um, you know, they, they would love to see it happen too. Tom, I have a question. And and th- this is going to sound flippant, but it's serious. Is Gary Barda's record in court part of the reason that he is so, well, we, let's not step on Title IX toes. Let's not step, you know, across or even close or near to the boundary. Um, sure. is, that a, is that in play here? Because I think it is. I, I think that's probably part of the... Um, calculus, I would guess that maybe they want to be careful with um, how much um, you know they they've had Title IX issues. And those are well documented. They're public information that they have had. Um, you know, Department of Education, uh, Title IX things. But here's the thing: Swarm is not an educational institution. It's not governed by um, Title IX. Just not in any of Iowa's dealings with them, not um, not involved. It's not a Title IX issue. It's just not. It's, you know, they're, they're I'll, I'll give you an example. They, the Swarm Collective paid for advertising on Learfield. Um, uh, you know, Learfield runs all the in, in-house 
ads and everything at, right. at football and basketball games. So they bought that time uh, on there. And um, it's no different than like Conchero's. So right. Conchero's, you know, that's what, you know, it's no different than the burrito lift or the dental, Delta Dental camp. Delta Dental Smile. And you're not going <laughs> to worry about a Title IX issue with that. You know, it's just it's silly. Yeah, I, I, I feel like um, the the letter that came out that Gary Gary sent it. I got everybody. One. You today, got right? one. I mean, and, and t- ticket holders, people who bought tickets this year, um, trying to explain this uh, away a little bit. I and think then right. talking about two or three things that they had done. Right. That that really hadn't necessarily. And you were happened. in New York with them. Was there was there a big to do in New York, Tom? Well, they had. Um, I think there were about twenty people who had. Um, purchased what they're calling experiences, which is they flew on the team plane um, and um, stayed at a hotel and had really good seats for the Iowa Duke game. And uh, the Swarm Collective paid for paid the, the, the airfare on the team plane for those individuals who had uh, purchased those experiences. Um, they bought the tickets. Uh, it wasn't the athletic department that did that. They purchased the hotel rooms. It wasn't the athletic department that did that. So it was like the, a bowl package. Yeah. And then they used the, the, the revenue to, you know, do what the Swarm Collective does. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's what happened there. And yeah. there were probably about 20 people. And some of those people were paying, I think it's public knowledge out there, over $10,000 for those um, private experiences. Yeah. You know, so it, I just think that there's some disingenuous stuff that he said. On the other hand, Tom, I'll, I'll just like I, I said earlier today, I'll give him uh, maybe I'll at least give him this credit. If he was looking for a way around it, he did send out an advertisement for the swarm today to everybody on his mailing list. Right? I, I suppose it's not much of one, but he did send it out and he did mention it several times. The guy's name, Brad Heinrich, and and the great stuff that they're doing and all this stuff. So to to me. It was sort of sort of this possible if he felt like if there's lawyers behind him telling him not to do this, he found a way around it today. Well, either that or he had the lawyers write the freaking I, letter. Right. I'm not giving Gary that much credit just yet, but uh, it might be the only way to go. All right. I, before we, I want to make sure before we get to our break, we come back to the bowl game and, uh, and find out your thoughts on what you think is going to happen. Joey Labus is going to start at quarterback. Uh, he's QB one in for this one. There's a, a handful of guys uh, not playing for Kentucky, which should help Iowa's chances. And Iowa's only uh, opt out is Kayvon Merriweather at this point. So, what are your thoughts on what we're going to see on Saturday from the Iowa Hawkeyes? Uh, we're not going to see a lot of points from either team, I don't think. It's <laughs> going to be a defensive struggle, and it might rain, so that might not uh, lend itself to many points either. Uh, for kind of a slog, um, I did see Iowa practicing rpos today when we were over at practice for about 20 minutes so uh there you go we got got some fancy new stuff uh that they're about to run um i think i was going to win just because i think their defense uh the iowa defense just talking to jack campbell and john wagner and guys like that today they're they're totally focused on winning this game and uh going out on a high note as a group and um, so I think they're going to get the job done on defense and uh, and win the game, you know, 13-10, something like that. You, you, they don't want to leave a legacy well, of the Nebraska game in this and game. And then this game, right. right. No, just, that, I was thinking the exact don't. same thing. They just don't. All right. Hey, Tom, we appreciate it. We know you're. 
busy with what you're doing down there. Enjoy it, by the way. It's uh, it's uh, it's a bowl game. Hopefully, it's a bowl game and a and a little bit of a, a little bit of an additional vacation for you. You get to see some fun stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. Perfect. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Appreciate him checking in from Nashville. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 Champ 101.3 FM. We're back here in the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Breaking down Iowa's upcoming game, the Trans-Perfect Music City Bowl. You know, I'm not going to this one. Um, Andrew and I, we were, we had, we, we were bought, bought tickets. We had plane tickets, the whole thing, for the Missouri game a couple years ago. Yeah. And yeah. got it canceled. This one just decided after all the trips this year we weren't going to get it done, so not going down there. It, I had reservations for a little while, you know, uh, hotel reservations, but just not going to get it done. I'm going to Nebraska, uh, going to uh, meet my brother-in-law, a Nebraska fan, on the way to Grand Island on uh, Thursday afternoon. There you go. And uh, watch the Hawks play basketball in uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. And what it occurred to me that? it's a 6:05 game. Nice. It occurs to me that as much football as I've watched, I've only Thursday. done how many road basketball games have you ever attended at the, for the University of Iowa? Uh, Iowa State, Drake. Yep, me too, and that's it. That's all I got. I feel like I went to an NCAA. Yes. I, okay, I'll count those two then. I, w- I went up to Minneapolis a couple times, watched them play in that. You, you've been to uh, Big Ten tournament. Yep. I haven't I haven't done the Big Ten tournament. Yep. Um, primarily because usually I'm not in the country. But, I mean, <laughs> I, it occurred to me I've not been to, to foreign arena. It's it's actually, oddly enough, here's, here's pro- part of the problem. It's not a pleasant experience. No, it's like, not. I mean, I, mean, I, I mean, when you win, it's great. It's just it's loud in there no matter what's going on. The other team, I mean, it's not as easy as a football game for some reason. Well, it's you indoors, know, and, so you're and, confined. And there's fewer of you around. And, and your, you know, basketball arenas are tight. Yes. Tight seats. Yes. The, the best I ever, I, there was an Iowa-Iowa State game in the NIT when Jeff Warner was a freshman that year and Alford was brand new and, uh, it was not on TV. Everything was and shiny. Iowa, everyone, we, Iowa won in, in overtime. That was a great basketball game. Super fun. Where was that? Uh, it was in Ames. Oh, yes. Uh, that was fabulous. Um, uh, I saw Iowa and Chris Kingsbury. That group win one I up there. I saw Roy Thompson. Yeah. Ray, Ray Thompson. Ray Thompson. Ray Thompson. You saw that one. Okay. I was at that yeah. one. Yeah. But so anyway. 88 or 89? I've not been to a, uh, not been to a, a road Big Ten 90. arena. This is something I started thinking, maybe i got to do this, right? So this will be the first time to do that. We'll see how this goes. Um, talking a little more about that game the other day, um, we, we did get into the fact that Iowa lost to Eastern Illinois 92-83. What we didn't mention is they were number one, uh, 356, 356 in the net. So this is, goes down as a bad loss. But here's the, the funny thing about this. So they were a 31-point uh, favorite. Which I mentioned last week. Not That's only was it be. the... Biggest upset in 30 years in college basketball. Do you know how many college basketball games have been played since another team had won as such a big dog? 9,000 games. 90,000 games. 90,000 basketball I th- I games. I, I thought, Andrew, I thought I heard him say 9,000 games. <laughs> That's the only 90,000 <laughs> basketball games have transpired in college basketball. I'm sure that's that's all divisions probably, but I'm, think about that. I'm going to tell you that the closest thing that I could even recall to a game like that would have been uh, Baltimore County beating Virginia in the, uh, in the NCAA, in the, tournament. The NCAA yeah. tournament. 16, right? Yeah, 16 beating a one. And I think Baltimore County 
you know, I'll bet they were 27 or 28 yeah. that day. Yeah. Um, and and beat Virginia and beat them handily. That wasn't a shot at the buzzer. No. You know, so. Sometimes uh, I think that's the only way. Uh, most of the time, that's the way that the that these upsets happen. And sometimes they get this, they run out to a lead and they, you can't catch up. Well, and this was and clear, I was clearly a, panicked. This was a, clearly a situation where you had you were a headless team. Your 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 point guards are not the leaders of the team. They defer at all at all costs. It's a great point. It's a great um, point. Your point guard who could play that role is Connor McCaffrey. He's not designed to be a point guard, but he can play that role, and he does it, and he wasn't able to play. But Euless and, and our freshman, uh, uh, Bowen, thank yep. you, uh, they struggle in that. That's a great point. The other, the other day, um, what game was it we were at home? The last second, the Wisconsin game. And Bowen's got it. He's got a pretty good look, and he stops at the three, and all he's doing is going, How, who can I pass this yeah. to as fast as I can? And he kicks it back to Patrick, who's – Three feet deeper and rims it out at the end to try and extend it to the second overtime. Clearly, Patrick, I mean, Andrew makes a case that he thinks he's a bit fatigued or something along the line of that. Patrick is not going to be your go-to guy. And so Tony Perkins has to be the dude who, and here's Tony's only problem. He gets dribble, he gets dribble happy. I'm going to dribble the air out of this basketball and try and, and muscle these things so up. So, Robracha went with 24. So, Philip, Philip Robracha is having an all-Big Ten year, by the way. He had 24 points in the game, 9 well, of 13. We've only played one Big Ten game. Uh, no, but <laughs> from a statistical standpoint, he's your leading scorer now, right? He's, right. He's getting 20 points a game. By the way, Peyton Sanford, two games in a row, Ohio Valley competition. He's good. 18 points, right? So that's fine, but Tony yeah, Perkins. he was still like, th- what, three for yeah. 14 or well, four for seven? They shot 29% from the field and 21% from three. It, it, listen, Tony Perkins is, is the engine of this team, and, and I say that with, with, Chris, with, with Chris Murray sitting on, on, the, on the bench, but I'm saying I'm, if Tony Perkins is making uh, jump shots, uh, three-pointers, which he did last year a bunch, if he's driving to the rim, getting the ball to go, they have to come over and move on him. They have to play him. And if he's getting short jump shots that are going off the back of the rim and going over his head for layups the other way, they're in trouble. And it happened, I don't know, 15 times in that game. Felt like it. Yeah, it, it, was, it was really tough. I was uh, just their sixth, sixth non-conference home loss in the last 90 games at home. Doesn't happen very often. It's just a really bad team. Since the Todd Licklider era, it probably hasn't happened four times with no. Fran. Campbell beat him. Campbell with, with Campbell the Campbells, yeah. Well, Campbell's uh, a, Campbell's typically they were, uh, at the time they were like NBA, a, yeah, NCAA they, they best were awful tournament team. Omaha, yes, that, I remember that. And very then similar. This is in there somewhere, right? Um, there were a couple games in the Licklider area where, where it was. It happened two or three times a year. We, we were underdogs. Uh, we remember we used to have that tournament where we'd bring in three bad teams to win. Right, and we were underdogs. We lost both those games. Yeah. <laughs> That's how bad the look letter era was. All right, so Penn State's pretty good. Penn Not State's great, really good. But they're pretty good. They uh, at home. Know. At home, they are. They're a top thirty team at home. So that's a, that's on Sunday, right? Yes, it's on uh, January one. Right. So this, this I don't. This, I do not, so Today's Tuesday. We so got a six o'clock game. Six o'clock game at Nebraska Thursday night. Followed up uh, an hour uh, right at the end of that. The women play against Purdue, who, by the way, is twelve and two. Not rated, but. 12 and 2. 
Then on Saturday, we have the Iowa Bowl game at 11 a.m. Then you got the college football playoff later on that day. Nice little TV lineup. And then on Sunday, January 1st, aside from all the NFL action and a couple of bowl games, you've also got the Iowa women at 2.30 at Illinois, 2 p.m. at Illinois, who's 11-2, and two, not rated, but 11-2. and two. They have to and move it, the TV right, down. At, right, I know. I'm gonna, I know. Particularly, at, uh, that's, I'm looking at side-by-sides, right, Bring my, doing my thing, right? Well, I've got, I've got the easily maneuverable well, I, small team. Right. Yeah, I, you've seen how I do mine, yes. right? Right. So and the Hawk uh, men are at uh, 3:30 um, at Penn State. I mean, so that's, that's where they're playing the Rose Bowl. But it, but it changes this. Oh yes, absolutely. This becomes a, a really tough weekend to figure out. Actually, you need three or four teams. I can pull that off. We need to think about Sunday. We need to think about what we're doing Sunday. Sunday. I was, I've been more, Sunday, much more worried. I've been much more worried about Saturday, and suddenly I'm worried about Sunday. So maybe we'll have to figure this out. Um, anyway, Some of the newer patrons of GMAX are going, what in God's name what? is going on? And, and, they realize, and, why, and why is the good Lord speaking to me about the Hawkeyes? Not the, not the voice of God. What's that? <laughs> John Facenda? No Iowa? There's no bowl games on the first. Oh, okay. the Rose Bowl is on the second. Okay. Oh, so it'll be goodness. NFL stuff. Thank goodness. Vikings are on at 330. Yeah, okay. Well, dozens of people care Hawks about that. Hawks are on at 430. I'm sorry. Hawks are on at 430. Vikings are on at 3. Dozens? Hey, this is a twelve and three football team. Twelve and three football team. Do you know team where I is, was when is gr- currently plus seven in point differential? I was in the chapel. Do you know that two thirds uh, of the, the NFL is at negative points? Uh, think yes. about that. Yeah, There's 32, yeah. 32 teams. And only like eleven of them are pl- positive in the point differential. So uh, I digress. I well, I, going off off script here. I I I forgot. When I planned to go to church on uh, Christmas Eve for the 3 p.m. service, first of all, thought that would be like the lighter service. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I was in the chapel. There were 5,000 people at home. 32,000 attendees. Yeah, just in West Des Moines. So we we didn't make it in time. So I'm in the chapel watching you went Wednesday watching when I t- went watching on TV, which I could have done from my house or up in Grimes. They do the same thing. I could have, but anyway, even closer. Uh, so with my YouTube TV in on my phone, watching Greg Joseph kick the field goal, <laughs> as I was singing, "Go Tell It on the Mountain." Right. So anyway, one of my father's favorites, by the way. By the way, that is an absolute banger. It's great. If you're going with Christmas carols, yeah, I'm going to yeah. tell you, it's Good. it's yeah. easily in my top three. So uh mentioned it real quick. Iowa women did beat Dartmouth 92-54. I think that's the end of the non-conference for them. They're 10-3, and 2-1 and one in the Big Ten, number 12 in the AP, number 10 in the coaches poll. And as I said, Purdue and Illinois, two teams who are 10-2 and two and 11-2 and two, Thursday and a Sunday for them. It's a big week for Iowa, uh, Iowa basketball as much as we want to talk football. It really is because you've got to get out of the gate quickly here. Absolutely, both teams do. And the Iowa women have been on a bit of a roll. Obviously, the men need to get some, some guys back healthy, and that's the way it's got to go. Would it, be, would it be amazing if somehow the basketball team could pull off a one-in-one week? <laughs> right. Well, I know. Well, um, and there's they've they played on New Year's Day a bunch, too. By the way, we got another Super Bowl Sunday, Sunday this year, too. We're doing, we always do that at your house. The, the Hawks, for the record. They play well on Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday or something like six and one. Mm-hmm. including beating the Fab Five. Yep, yep, I remember it. Wrestling, um, they have not gone. They are doing the Soldier Salute on Thursday and Friday at the Extreme Arena. Um, In- I got to tell you, I'm, here's, here's my cr- critique for the week. This is even worse than Gary Barta. 
there's there's no there's no information on what there's no information on this thing at all on on hawkeyesports.com then there's a salute well, it's not, to it, it's there's nothing to do with well there's a, so the soldier salute thing says okay well there's a bunch of teams coming and it's going to have army citadel vmi navy they're going to be there but that's not all their teams it's like an open meet of some sort and then there's like 40 other teams represented and there will be women's teams as well, which Iowa is trying to get the women's program rolling, and there will be women's teams. But there's no really who for sure is coming. There's no schedule. There's nothing. There's no information anywhere. I looked for a half hour day and finally got frustrated. My recommendation would be go to Flow Wrestling, probably FlowWrestling.com. They'll have all that info. Anyway, for you. Extreme Arena and, uh, is the okay, uh, new I have arena a, there. I have in a question for you guys on and, Thursday and Friday. And this is only because there's football on television right now. Is there anything more infuriating to watch when someone catches the ball beyond the first down line and then takes three steps back so that it goes beyond inside the 10 yards to gain, the line to gain? Yes. And then gets back to like a half yard short. The more infuriating thing is when uh, that's the play call by Brian Ferentz. It's a yard short of the sticks, and he still does it. You know Um, what's weird? You don't learn. Yeah, you don't learn. Exactly. So, um, in that, any that case, that just drives me nuts. Here's here's the last thing because about I tend to think that uh, Iowa football players don't do that, but they do. Sam Laporta doesn't do that. No, he, you Luke Lachey doesn't do that. You fight for extra yards. By but, the way, you know who's going to be our third wide receiver this week if Brody Breck can't play? Sam Laporta. Yes, he's going to be the yeah. backup quarterback. The third, which we didn't really say that, but Brody Breck did not practice today. Um, he I hope he may can. play in the game. He may not. We're going to get We're into gonna a lot of Alec Wick. We are. Um, uh, the last bit about wrestling, they signed uh, over the last week, UFC, the yes. Mixed Martial Arts, official sponsor of the University of Iowa Hawkeye Wrestling Program. That's pretty big it's deal. Pretty, it's a pretty big deal. That's a real big right? deal. Dana you know White. talking about bringing in money? There's some money there, right? There's baby? some NIL money. That's pretty, you know what that is? That's, that's NIL money cool. for the wrestling program. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Because I'm sure that that went to the Iowa uh, – the place, Hawkeye Wrestling, what's that called? It's like HWC, something like that. It, that's where it goes. Yes. Yes. That was a good move. It, nice attempt, even though I point, but anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, my brother-in-law says he's going to make it by four, so that's good. Well, there you he go. Stepped it now up. you've they got a full day. Right well, he's right listening to you on the huddle. Yeah, he's, well, well, he's in By Sioux the way, City. you can tweet at us. So I'm Hawkeye yeah. Huddle, at Hawkeye Huddle, and Ridge is at Hawkeye Huddle, too. Very original on his hey. part. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, but um, it, it, speaking of money coming in, this, these are the types of things Gary Barta needs to think about. Right. right. Let's find those relationships, right? Right. All right. Our final break, we're going to come back. We're going to break down the rest of the bowl game. And we have a top five for our first street, fifth street five, presented by Private Wealth Asset Management. We'll get to that when we come back on the Hawkeye Hill on 1700 The Champ. And we're back here. G Miggs, Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. And we are down here on 5th Street, Valley Junction. G Miggs is the location. Of course, uh, we're here each week through, gosh, the basketball season as long as that lasts. And maybe even, you know, the rest of All the way to the final four. All the way to the final four, which is yet to happen. We say it every year, though. We give it a shot, and then we end up doing a wrap-up show right after the first week of the NCAA tournament. But that's okay. Hope springs eternal. Got to have that glass half full, right? Um, I concur. 
Uh, absolutely. You Look concur? at that. It's half full. It's ha it, my glass is half full. Actually, it's more than half full. Um, so, great sponsors. Got to get to them. Got to talk to them because at so the end I, of the day, we are appreciative of the fact they're helping us stay on the air. I saw our newest sponsor, Brooks Reynolds, last night. Uh, you missed a good one down here. It was uh, the G-Migs holiday party. I didn't get a call. It's on the Facebook. I didn't get a call. Christy sends me these things. and goes like, hey, it's uh, client appreciation night. Now I'm a client. You're more of a client than I am, but this, I'm a client. This just in. Next year on client appreciation night, get here at three. Oh, really? Okay. Starts at three. Well, be here at three. Two? 302. 257. I would not have made that. Do not yeah. wait. Still in Cedar Rapids and myself yesterday. I know. All right. So we got G-Mix, the great Angie Lancaster. Uh, Brian Houck. Brian Houck. Key Mortgage. Uh, AMPM Plumbing. Plumbing. That's right. And I, I mentioned I saw Brooks Reynolds of uh, Blue Ribbon Bacon Fest. Get Looking your forward to it. Very happy to have somebody. That, that May 12th, 13th. They're, they're, they're making me hungry already, right? Oh, um, bacon. Oh, oh, bacon. And, uh, of course, our, uh, our, uh, our uh, Internet sponsor, uh, GH Pictures. Eight House Pictures over here in Windsor Heights, and they help us with that. So we appreciate that. And uh, we always give credit to Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com for being here every every week for the every last week. 19 years. He, he does those interviews. He does so, ours for free, too. I, I, you know, I changed teams at work, and I was explaining to these people that I've been doing this show. And, for, and they're like, well, how long have you been doing that? I said, 19 years. And they're like, you mean like older than a child could be an adult? And I'm like, yes, we have those. <laughs> exactly. we have, yes, that we, hap yes, that's happened, right? We, we have five of those yes, now. Yes, that's happened. <laughs> All right. Our, uh, speaking of, of uh, sponsors, uh, Private Wealth Asset Management right here in uh, Valley Junction, they have been sponsoring uh, the Fifth Street Five this uh, fall, and we've appreciated that. What Very they're trying much. to do here is not only give us a, a top ten list, a top five list to, to go over, but also – uh, to kind of highlight all the great businesses down here in Valley Junction, all the great things that can happen down here, restaurants and shops and such. It's really a fun time if you come down here uh, and enjoy yourself in Valley Junction. So the Fifth Street Five brought to you by Private Wealth Asset Management. And this week we're going to make this very simple. It's a positivity vibe for the bowl game, best bowl wins. Uh, and we're not even putting a cap on it. Now, neither one of us were, it should be noted, around to enjoy the 1956 or 1958 Rose Bowls. So we'll probably not put them on our list. How about we put them as um, honorable mention? Well, certainly highest mentioned. 58 puts you in. It was a it was a national championship run. Right? That's right. Right. Allegedly, so, uh, according to some services. Right. Right. So, uh, yes, it does. It, it, it would have put you in a different location. All right. So uh, let's go with our number five, my friend. My number five is the Freedom Bowl. When Chuck How Long. How did you do that? When Chuck I, we Long, didn't talk about that's what I got for number five. Yes, go Chuck, ahead. Chuck Long threw like six touchdown passes in a pouring rain in Anaheim. Fifty-five, seventeen. And Jonathan it, Hayes. Did it was a, a kickstart. It was a kickstart for the, greater things to come. The next year, the nineteen eighty-five magical season. That's right. Yeah, because what had happened was, if everybody remembers, uh, it, it, they don't. So I'm going to tell them. <laughs> Iowa had gone into the final three weeks of that season, uh, leading the Big Ten on their way to the Rose Bowl. Um, they ended up tying Wisconsin. I can't remember who got hurt. I think Ronnie Harmon got hurt in that game and didn't play. They ended up tying Wisconsin 10-10 to at home. Then they played the, the famous Michigan State game where Chuck Long goes in and scores, but they don't give him the two-point conversion. So Iowa loses 31-30 to on that one. That's the, that's 
the, the, the previous year to that. So they lose two in a row. Oh, that was not the famous one where he put no. with the bootleg. That's why he did the thing where he held the football up because the year before that, he was in. They have pictures of him being over the goal line, but there's no replay back then, right? Andrew and, so, and I were just talking about how right. dumb officials are right. when it comes to so they, they raising could, the arm up right. and calling a touchdown. If he, if he goes in, Iowa still is going to the Rose Bowl because they win at Minnesota the next week and Michigan loses. But at the end of the day, Iowa had struggled. And then, um, they, and then they had an extra game. They went out and played Hawaii, and they came, came back to themselves in the Hawaii game, came from behind, won that game. And went into the pouring rain in the inaugural Freedom Bowl. What what year did they go to Hawaii to start the year? That would have been my 89. 88, 88, 89. 88. I no, just, yeah, 88. 88. I yeah. graduated. I was back in Des Moines. Lost 27-24. And the game started at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Yes. And they scored on the last play of the game, and they got it called back four minutes after the play for a holding call. Referee literally, the ball, guys are in the end zone celebrating left, ref, referee Pulled his flag out and did one of these little things. It was amazing. Anyway, okay. Freedom Bowl, number five. That was great. That's a good call, my friend. Okay, number four. My number four. Oh, boy. My number four is actually the holiday, or excuse me, the Alamo Bowl, Texas Tech. Which one? Nate Kading kicks the game okay. winner. There's sort of a theme on mine. The yeah. harbinger of great things yeah. to come. That one was certainly. In that 2001. Brought, right. right. That's uh, a good, 1916. Yeah, I mean, so the 2001. One, yes. Um, I had uh, my number four was the, uh, the, uh, the Outback Bowl, South Carolina, because Iowa just destroyed them. That yes. Day. I mean, it was Sean Green was who should have been the Heisman Trophy <laughs> winner that year because he was that good. 2,000-yard rusher for Iowa, all, you know, had the big year and just bowled over them. They had a bunch of picks. They beat the all-ball coach in Steve Spurrier. The all-ball coach. Never a ball game. I love that game. Now, you could throw the Florida game in there, and I'm not sure if you're going to, but that's my number four. Well, my number three is the Florida game. Okay. Well, against Actually, Chris, against Chris Leak. Yes. 37-17 when the entire Florida fan base left the beginning of the fourth quarter. I waved to them all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, and, and Chris Leak was the guy that was, it was between Iowa and, and no, Florida, No, this right? was not Chris Leak. Chris Leak was was the one where we had. You're not the, doing 2003. Uh, two, three, you're doing okay. 2003. Chris Leak was the year we got beat. No, t- Chris 2005. Leak. No, Chris Leak was the year we won. Yes. Who? Ryan Leaf. No. No, Ryan Leaf went to Washington State. No, Chris Leak was on that. Uh, Chris Leak was a quarterback on that 2003. Ryan Leaf. Yeah, he was Washington State. I don't Wazoo. Know. Okay, that's your number three. That's your number three. My number three is the Alamo Bowl 1996. Cedric Shaw goes crazy. They've got Texas Tech has Byron Hansbard. Who doesn't play. No, he played in the game. We he, held, you know why he, he played? He hadn't gone to class all year. They, they realized right. he hasn't, he's not eligible to play, and they played him anyway. And we won 27 We shut this, the nation's leading rusher down I to seven that, yards, and so we won 26 to nothing. I watched that game in Kansas City with my yeah. buddy Yogi. I was there. with my. It was the greatest sports weekend ever. That included a trip to watch Minnesota Vikings-Dallas playoff game. Lost. Seattle Supersonics-Dallas. Lost. But I went down to watch Iowa win, and I remember – this woman from Texas Tech saying, because we were going nuts, right, and the band and everything, she's like, well, if nothing else, you all know how to party. That's right. right. So anyway, my, number, my number two is a Capital One Bowl. In, easily. We were both there. We, we partied together before the game, tailgated before the game, hung out before the game, did our, did our thing. Our families had a good time down there. That was terrific. And, of course, one on the last play of the game by it Drew Tate. Sh- it should be noted that 2B 
is the 2010 Insight Bowl. Because I went with my brother JW down to Sun Devil Stadium where I had been prior and the watched the Coker game. Oh, yeah, and you'd watch the, that was the a, debacle. My, I call that the Micah Hyde game. Okay. Because Micah Hyde picked it off Micah and, Hyde. and ran sh- right in front of us. Yeah. And we got, uh, we, we may have been overserved uh, during that game. Yeah. And we sat next to three dudes from Phoenix who buy tickets to the Inside Bowl every year. They have no fan favorite. They just like to go. Just go. I'm sorry. Like, that was fun. So that's like 2B. All right. I, I'm going with Cap 1 and Bowl as well. So, and I think that we're going to agree on the, on the best because it, here it comes. The reason is it's, it's one of the, the classic bowls. So right. we, Iowa has not won a Rose Bowl since we've been alive, so we couldn't witness that. We tried but, several times, but the Orange Bowl's got to be it for number of one course. right now. And, and th- there's, there's one uh, Hawkeye huddle reason, and that's because we had the Georgia Tech guy on who <laughs> said, well, yeah. you know, y'all are going to get beat like 41. We'll give you 14. That's about all you're going to get. Well, he wasn't all that far off in terms of what Iowa was going to get. Um, and we hung up from him and started laughing. But the Hawkeyes destroyed them because Georgia Tech's offense was designed to allow Adrian Claiborne, well, just key off him but not block him. Well, they, they had thrown like 10 passes all year, right? But one of their receivers was uh, some guy who was really good, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, right. They had, Ever hear right, him? Right, right. But, but, you, but yeah, they, they still – R.I.P., right? Timers, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so – they uh, and we were there, right? Um, uh, Andrew and I were there. Um, it was cold. It was actually very cold. We were in in uh, cold weather gear. Uh, remember doing the show from uh, from the parking lot down there? Yeah, I do. Ran remember into that. Hollywood down there. Yep. Our, our, our our GH picks guy, Gatehouse Pictures guy. It was a good time. That's number one. All right. So for this bowl game coming up. Oh, geez. We're, I thought we were. All right. We need we need two more minutes. Somehow we got mistimed here. Your thoughts? Uh, Iowa wins. I got like seventeen thirteen. All right, I'm going with that too. I don't think I don't think they beat the number. This is low. This is a low scoring game. Low score. Joey Labus. Give T- him one up. touchdown pass. All right, next week we'll talk about it on the Hawkeye Huddle.